This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode. I'm Jeff. Joining me, as usual, are Scott and Alex. Say hello, guys. Hey. <laughs> that was uh, Alex. Hello. And that was Scott. <laughs> That's right. our best, open, best opening yet. Yeah, I finally mm-hmm. get it in one shot, and you guys fuck it up. All right. So today, we're going to be talking about... Ah, Mr. Burton. Name that movie, Scott. That would be John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Correct. Big Trouble in Little China. One of our favorite movies. I think I was thinking this is probably one of the most, yeah, this is probably the movie we've watched the most being drunk at night at someone's house. (laughs) I think that's accurate. (laughs) We'd be doing stuff, all of a sudden somebody ends up putting the DVD in or it's on TV and we watch it. So we know this movie pretty well. And we wake up in the middle of the night with the uh, DVD intro playing over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I partic- I picked this episode because one of my favorite throwaway – I don't know if it's a throwaway line. It's not a one-liner that you would classically think is a one-liner, but it is when they are escaping from the underground and the one guy, the Raiden guy is below and he's like doing all that stuff. <laughs> and Jack's running down and Egg, looks, Egg is above and he looks down and goes, hey. And he looks back up and goes, how'd you get up there? <laughs> it wasn't easy. God damn it. I can't believe somebody wrote that line and got away with it. <laughs> and cut. And they're running away right after that. It's yeah. the best scene ever. Well, he puts, pulls out that cool crossbow That's thing true. To, of, uh, that, that cross of all the the things that happened in that movie, the, the sorcerer battle, um, all the, the guys shooting lightning from their hands, the way that little grappling hook things work is perhaps the most magical device of all because <laughs> when you look at it there's no way it should work the way that yeah. it does that's some bruce it's, wayne shit right there yeah it's it's like pulling he just pulls a trigger and it pulls up automatically but there's no like there's no motor on it like you, there's no way it should work in real life yeah. it's magic and isn't there like a scene right before that where kurt russell just jumps up from the ground into the ceiling and is able to pull himself up without a <laughs> without without that apparatus? Well, because he drank the magic potion before, so yeah, yeah. But, but no, like... he clears it. So you think he's just barely gonna get up there, but he's <laughs> he jumps about like eight or nine feet up in the air. <laughs> like his legs are only through the the only thing showing through the hole when he does it. It's exactly. all the reflexes. It is all the reflexes. And the other scene where him and the guy are in the elevator and it's filling up with water and they're totally trapped. What are we going to do? And then it cuts to the next scene where they just pry open the elevator. No explanation on how they do this. And they just swim to safety. I love how they don't explain stuff in that movie. In that movie, you don't have to explain anything. It's awesome. Well, the, it, it is laced with all kinds of uh, exposition, like with the, the egg shen. Yes. Uh, earlier in the movie, um, a very foxy Kim Cattrall busts in. Uh, to the room they're all at, and she she just walks right in and says, "Don't worry, it's me, Gracie Law." 
<laughs> just uh, just to just to establish that it is indeed Gracie Law. Uh, all right, you took one of my quotes off my list. Uh, yes, that sorry. is a class. No, that's right. That's from classic. Right? To which the old Chinese man says, "Who the hell is Gracie Law?" Or, what no. the hell is Gracie Law doing here? Yeah. And yeah, it's that's like right, Uncle two, Chu. And it's like two minutes after she comes in, though. That's the best part. <laughs> no panic. It's only me, Gracie Law. Because well, he had to, into- he had to make his move on Chinese checkers before he could acknowledge that Gracie Law was in the room. <laughs> And what the hell is Gracie Law doing? <laughs> but back to the, it wasn't easy. I mean, how often do we use that in our everyday? <laughs> All the time. Only, vernacular now. It's, the other one that gets slightly less used by me is a wizard did it. <laughs> a wizard yeah. did it. That's true from The Simpsons. But yeah, it wasn't easy. Is uh, is a very easy go-to line. My favorite use of that was us. Uh, Whitewater rafting up north, and former guest uh, Jacob was there. So, we, so we know it ended well, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, and sober too. And, and he's somehow he's perched on this rock in the middle of the water, without the raft, right? <laughs> without the raft, <laughs> he's just sitting up there, and we're going by, and someone goes, "How did you get up there?" <laughs> Wasn't easy. <laughs> that's and that's really all you need to know. Yeah. There was no explanation of how he got up there or anything. It was perfect use of the of the quote. So, I mean, just I just want to talk about that scene and just the movie in general. I don't know what you guys think. If you have more on that specific scene or just, just talk about Big Trouble in Little China. Well, I, I talk a lot about how certain movies are westerns, um, even though they don't really look the part. Like, uh, again, Kill Bill. I, I talk about that every week. Um, this This movie really is kind of a western. Uh, with, with Jack Burton rolling into town, he effectively gets his horse stolen. Um, you talk in this about case, what movie trying... every week? Kill Bill. Oh yeah. What? Why, Alex? What movie were you thinking of? Uh, you know, some movie that has weapons that are loaded. Lethal weapon. One. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you see Matt's post on the uh, on the chat board? Yes. I'm, I'm doing the first five episodes. Man, you guys talk about Loaded Weapon a lot. <laughs> oh, Jeff, way to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, you did it this yeah. week. That's oh, your fault. Jesus, Jeff. <laughs> you tricked me, you asshole. Well, it's really Matt that brought it up, so we'll yell at him when he's on, on the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's, it's really kind of a Western. He rolls into town, gets his truck stolen, and he walks around with those saddlebags. Um, Old saddlebags. Yeah, <laughs> just to kind of drive the point home, and uh, yeah, I, I just in general, the the movie still holds up a lot. I watched it the other day; it was on cable. It's always on cable, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, or it used to be on KCOP all the time, Channel Thirteen, along with Conan. Um, but anyways, it it was it was kind of cool. Uh, one of the reasons it does hold up so well, I think, is that uh, it it kind of turns a lot of tropes on its head. You know, the main hero, Jack Burton, Kurt Russell, uh, is not actually the hero, um, at least not until the very end of the movie. Um, the, the whole movie, he's basically either getting his ass kicked or he's, like, shooting a ceiling and having the ceiling drop on his head and knocking himself out. Um, or he gets to the fight too late. So he, he's never really doing the, the big heroic action. He's more of the sidekick until the very end. Um, so that's... A fun way to kind of invert the trope there. So uh, speaking of that, very beginning when they're at the airport picking up um, the girl. The sunglasses. 
<laughs> sunglasses. <laughs> but not only that, when he's he goes to stop one of the the punk guys, and the guy pulls out the little fighting how was it nunchucks or fighting sticks and like hey how'd you get that yeah <laughs> like he pulls out a bird knife butterfly knife first he's like hey yeah. and then the the telescope baton yeah pops out of nowhere he's like where'd you get that hey how'd you get that <laughs> it's oh, just like the his acting on it is just so he knew that's why i love kurt russell he's not above this stuff and he knows how to play it throughout the entire movie he's constantly just being like what, what is that? What the hell is going on? What just happened? <laughs> I feel a little out of place here. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's the surrogate audience in a way. Yeah. You know, when when Aikshen pulls out the the drink and he asks him, fantastic egg, what's in it? And he says, huge buzz. Yeah. Then he asks him, what's in it? Yeah. He says, six demon bag, fantastic, what's in it? To which A. Shen replies, wind, fire, that kind of thing. Again, some excellent exposition. <laughs> Nothing is really explained. <laughs> but you do get an entertaining answer. What do you got there, Egg Magic Potion? Yeah. Good. What do you do with it? Drink it? Yeah. Okay, good. Thought so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure the audience is keeping up. Uh, the name of his, uh, the little dialogue at the beginning when he's in the Pork Chop Express. and Yeah. Just out there talking to everybody, telling you know what you know. What Jack Burton says at a time like this, all the stuff that he lines he reuses later on in the movie, like all in the reflexes, and he's got uh, a big bottle of uh, like Jack Daniels or something in a brown paper bag that he's taking toots from the whole time too. <laughs> yes, sir. The check is in the mail. Yeah, and then it, and it pays off at the very end. He says, <laughs> a "Time like this, Jack Burton always says, who? Jack Burton." Me. <laughs> yeah, he's come through the whole movie, and they still don't know who he is, really. Like, they even try to kill him at one point. They even, like, tie him up and put him in that elevator, like you mentioned before. And they he still have so little consequence in them, they don't know who yeah. he is. Ah, Mr. Burton. <laughs> <laughs> I can help you. Well, we also have to note that we worked with a guy who looked like, um... um Lopan. Lopan, yeah. yeah Lopan. <laughs> oh, my God. A little shorter. <laughs> well, it depends on which version of Lopin, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and the the storm, the three storms. Those guys are those guys were always awesome. Yeah, that that's always a, a hallmark of classic movies is to have the iconic characters, especially the villains. Um, they they always have like the jobbers and the the goons. That one or two of them might be memorable. There's a bunch of stuff going on in this movie between the two low pans and, yeah, the three storms. You have that guy with the mustache that's in every movie playing the Asian guy. Yeah. Oh, Scott, that leads me to a crossover moment. Whoa. What's your favorite movie that that guy is in? And I don't know if you guys even know his name. I do. Uh, Give me a minute. I will come up with it. Fu Manchu guy from these <laughs> action movies. Al Lung. What is it? Al Lung. His name's Al? Yes, he's from Texas. <laughs> Wow. Classic. The guy's awesome. He's, he's been in everything. I'm going to say Lethal Weapon is Endo. Nice. That's pretty good. Hit him again, Endo. <laughs> so I know of two other ones off the top of my head. Um, mm. Die Hard. Of course. He eats the candy bar. Well, he's, <laughs> he eats the candy he's bar. He's waiting for the SWAT team to come in. And he plays Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> He has a skateboard, baseball bat, and football helmet, and he's skating through the mall. 
That was unrealistic because he would have conquered that mall single-handedly. <laughs> the Rendicops would not have been able to put him down. All right, when do you guys need to choose a moment from Bill and Ted's and we can go over that movie? <laughs> Done. Doesn't need to be broken down. Uh, but yeah, jeez. Uh, it needs to be broken down. Um, that statement right there is ridiculous. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to go with the the lethal weapon because that's really the first time you see him, and he has zero accent. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, nobody could withstand this much pain. I didn't, even, I didn't remember he talked. Yeah, yeah, neither did I. He has a couple lines. Is he the guy that Riggs chokes with his legs on the yes. hanging from the pipe? Okay. Yeah, they torture him by, by shocking him. I don't. Yeah. Why, why that would be very uncomfortable, I don't see. <laughs> that would be the most painful thing they could have done to him. <laughs> now that you are Riggs and not per- Murtaugh, you are going to get it. <laughs> nice. Was he in um, Always Sunny, Alex? Has he made a guest appearance on Always Sunny yet? Not that I know of. Uh, I don't think he has. <laughs> I hope he does. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 6. <laughs> um... Yeah, there's other stuff I wanted. There's other quotes that I, I freaking remember from this movie, and I was sitting here trying to write down before the show started, and <laughs> you think you mentioned it. Wait a minute. I'm feeling like a bit of an outsider here. When everyone else has come up with a plan, <laughs> yeah. and they're leaving, and he has no idea what's going on. The whole, he has that whole thing about, you know, hold the fort down, get the tea ready. If we're not back by dawn, call the president. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, classic. And then, of course, we already mentioned the potion, but feel pretty good. <laughs> Feeling invincible. That's got to be our number one line from when we're drunk. I know, when, especially going on the cabin trip with Adam and those guys. <laughs> we start doing the hand signal. Yeah. <laughs> and talking about feeling invincible. It's getting kind of hot in here, is it just me? <laughs> yeah. They're all getting giddy in the elevator. And what other movie would they have the hero in the final scene confront the villain with lipstick? <laughs> All over his face that, and teeth. That, that always cracks me up, too, that they, they <laughs> she stops him in the middle of it just so she can wipe the lipstick off his face. Yeah. But not until after he had the showdown with Lopin. Right, right, when they're running away from the... Yeah, when they're running away. It's all on the reflexes. I love how, it, I think it was uh, Rain, while he was in that torture scene with Wang and Jack Burton, he pulls out that Nerf ball out of nowhere. <laughs> and he just... <laughs> Oh, yeah, hits him in the gut. yeah, like a, a piece of uh, like a ball of steel or something. <laughs> like, yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> a wizard did it. <laughs> like that—that that is the most. That's one of the most like random things out of that movie, out of any movie really. But out of that movie in particular, it's like what? <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I and liked then it. in subsequent viewings, you see like a bunch of other like little Nerf balls around Jack Burton. It's like, oh, I guess that wasn't the only one that he hit him with. <laughs> yeah, he hit him with a ton of them. <laughs> you can't not talk about how terrible Gracie Law is in this movie. She's, I don't know if she's acting the way, I mean, she probably is doing a good job of being that terrible, but, ah, oh, cracks me up. She's just, <laughs> like you said, don't worry, it's just me, Gracie Law, and yeah. Oh, I think I know someone in that car. And she runs over there. And... <laughs> yeah. Just, she's worse with the exposition than, than Burton is. Yeah. Don't worry. We've got one of our men inside stirring the pot. <laughs> one, one, of our, one of our top men. Ooh. <laughs> top men. Whoa. Indy. And she, she looks fantastic in that movie, by the way. She does. Ooh. 
pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, and this movie has got everything. It's got the, you know the karate, the kung fu. I should say at the beginning when the two two gangs are fighting. And we the already Chinese mentioned, standoff. Yeah, the Chinese standoff and the little hand symbols. You know, as I'm older, I I wonder how much of that stuff is uh, racist or not. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's mostly harmless, but I'm <laughs> I'm definitely not the authority on. In Chinese culture, so... Yeah. All right. For all our Chinese listeners out there, tell us if it's racist or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I feel that I have to point out that, you know, speaking of memorable villains, two of the uh, goons that we see in the entire movie are white guys. Yeah, you you can spot the, the stuntmen. <laughs> they gave him, like, really shitty Fu Manchu mustaches and some, some long-haired wigs. Yeah, so... And they, and just put him in the costumes and threw him out there. That would be a little racist. Wait, what are you, what are you talking well, that's about? Not, that's not racist. That's just Hollywood being Hollywood. But, which uh, guys? Which white guys? Huh? If you're watching closely in, like, the big fight scenes where there's a bunch of people fighting... Uh-huh. You can spot the dudes that are clearly not Chinese. Oh, okay. As, as I, the always, stunt, put, stunt I always dudes. point them out. Yeah, but I'm always drunk by the time this movie comes on when I'm watching it with you. <laughs> to, to be fair to, to Jeff, um, you know, we, we do kind of tune you out. <laughs> oh, come on. What was that, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good Scott impersonation. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I've been listening to a few episodes, and that's Scott's thing. Oh, oh man! man. <laughs> <sighs> yes, and sighing every time Alex says something. <sighs> Moving along. I'm <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> um, anything else? I mean, I could talk about this forever. The guy when they go into the was it the uh, what do you call it a cannery or whatever where all the fish are, and the guy just takes a bite out of the head and like hands it to Jesus. <laughs> so Not only. Not only does he do that, but you see rats running around in the background. <laughs> so it's that much more disgusting. When he bites the head of that fish clean off. I know. <laughs> that might be racist. I don't know. I believe you can catch a rainbow with your hat. That is racist. <laughs> I freaking love this movie. Yeah. It wasn't easy. It's one of my favorites as a kid, all the way through adulthood. Adulthood? Adulthood. Adulthood. Yeah. What what happened to John Carpenter, man? That guy... He did, vamp- he did Vampires and Ghosts of Mars, and then that was yeah. it. He, he did have that run there where he had three of the all-time classics between yeah. Big Trouble, uh, Escape from L.A., and The you Thing. Mean, you mean Escape you, from New York. You don't even, you're not even mentioning oh, Halloween. Halloween. I know, Halloween well, is well, awesome. I don't know the timing. Um, when, Halloween's first. Well, no, Halloween's first, but how long between that and... Uh, I'm assuming Escape from New York was first, and I meant I meant New York, not L.A. Yeah. <laughs> Even though L.A. has Bruce Campbell in it, it still doesn't save the movie. I don't know the spacing on him either, but yeah, it was classic. But yeah, he did have a run there of all-time classic. Yeah, and and he for did. my money, I would I would say the thing is the best horror movie ever made, and that's oh, that. after Halloween. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. God, that's close. Halloween's probably the best slasher movie of all time. I mean, that started that whole genre, right? Of uh, It's a whole other episode, or maybe that's what you guys' lists are going to talk about. But when we do the thing, we're going to have to get Eric P. Nelson on this show. Eric P. Nelson. Yeah. So, um, Alex, what do you have to go along with this movie? 
I'm actually going to call for a beer break if no one objects, because I need a beer and a bathroom. <laughs> All right. We're back. Alex, let's hear your list, or whatever you're going to talk about. Okay, I was trying to find in pretty much all of media instances of, you know, where uh, writers maybe hit a block and stuff, or they just wanted to make that joke where something incredible happened, and it's like, wait, how'd you do that? Ooh, wasn't easy. Uh, on The Simpsons, it's kind of, uh, maybe it's not exactly this, but when Homer's, you know, the artist and stuff, like he's an outside artist, and he gets really famous for that, and at the end, he's doing a bunch of stuff to uh, essentially flood Springfield to make it like uh, like Venice. And then they're at, they're at the zoo, and they're snorkeling all of the animals. <laughs> and Bart comes over here, and he's like, oh, yeah, it wasn't easy, but I managed to snorkel all the grizzly bears. Homer's like, okay, that's good. I got all the bunnies. Here, you do the tigers. <laughs> that's pretty good. What episode is that? Is that like later on in the, one of the later seasons? or? Uh, I'm going to say it might have been on the 9th or 10th. Okay, so probably what, after. What what season did you stop watching, Alex? I have up to season twelve on DVD. Jesus, and that's about the the time that I stopped actually also watching the show. All right, crossover moment. All right. Okay what what is your favorite job that Homer's had on the <laughs> Oh man, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Alex, nuclear technician. Doesn't count. <laughs> I, I'm, okay, I'm going to have to say uh, Mr. Burns' prank monkey. How did that work out? Homer needed extra money, so he just did something like funny to make. Oh, he, Mr. Burns is like, oh, you want, how about you be my prank monkey? Here, take this uh, yogurt and throw it at him. <laughs> He's like, Lenny, but he's a war hero. <laughs> and then he just throws the pudding right in his Lenny's face. He's like, ah, oh, my eye, I'm not supposed to get pudding in that. <laughs> and from there, he just starts doing all these pranks that Mr. Burns tells him to do, and he's just having a great time. I, I remember that, that scene because everybody laughs when he throws it at Lenny, but then he throws it at Carl, and everybody's like, <gasps> and Mr. Burns what says, you... what are you doing, man? <laughs> it's Carl. <laughs> He goes, just helps Carl over to the sink, and <laughs> yeah. just gives Homer a dirty look. Mm. Just to drive home, like, how, how like, pitiful Lenny is. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff. Okay, it's a tie, and I don't even know if some of these count as jobs, but <laughs> Homer as an astronaut? It's a job. It's an anatomy carbon rod. <laughs> <laughs> Him playing on the baseball team, the softball team, that technically wasn't a job, but... I love that episode where he's a baseball player and him working for Unky Herb designing the car, <laughs> the Homer. I think those would be the ones I, the ones I can think of right now. The astronaut one I think is up there as being. But uh, working for Hank Scorpio, we already talked about that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess I was still a nuclear technician, so maybe that doesn't count. But the one in space with just the <laughs> I might be your average blue collar slob. <laughs> Wait a minute, and he <laughs> toilet flushes. Oh man, I should. How come I down... can't get no tang around here? <laughs> I should have mentioned James Taylor as a guest star that steals the show. Because <laughs> this spot on that episode is freaking gold. So is Buzz Aldrin, by the way. He's like, no, and no, the... Buzz Aldrin, the second man to walk on the moon. <laughs> second comes right after first. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the episode right where Barney gives up booze. 
He does everything perfect, and they give him non-alcoholic champagne. <laughs> it begins. <laughs> that was non-alcoholic. Does he land like on the roof of the Pillow Factory? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love the Simpsons gigs. Yeah. And then he gets run over by a truck carrying marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barney. All right, Scott. Um, yeah, my favorite job was when Homer becomes a boxer, purely on the strength oh, of, man. of his uh, entrance music being Wars, Why Can't We Be Friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that kills me every time. Yeah. <laughs> he discovers he has Homer Simpson syndrome. <laughs> Why me? And then at the end of the episode, Moe takes the, the parachute fan and becomes a hero around the world. <laughs> yeah, during the credits, that was awesome. What about Dredrick Tatum when he's like, what are you, you going to do tonight? Um, I don't mean to harm on the guy, but uh, I'm going to make orphans of his kids. <laughs> you know he has a mother. Yes, but she'll die of grief. Dredrick. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Good old Dredrick Tatum. all-time favorite lines uh, when I go to Vegas... <laughs> And they get in trouble, and he says, we, we don't tolerate this kind of behavior in Vegas. <laughs> nice. It's mm-hmm. very disrespectful. All right. Sorry, okay. Go. Uh, moving you. along. <laughs> uh, I found a couple of uh, examples of this in video games, actually. And Scott will back me up on these uh, in Dragon Age 1 and 2. Why not me? Have you played Dragon Age? Nope. Okay, then. <laughs> In Dragon Age 1, mostly, where you get, like, almost to the end of the game. Easy, Newt. And uh, <laughs> you, um, right before you fight the last boss, you know, you, you see, like, the lo- half of the merchant duo that's been following you around. And yes. it's this kind of, like, the simpleton <laughs> kind of dwarf character. He's kind of like an idiot savant. He knows how to do one thing really well. But he's not all there. And in the room, it's littered with all these, like, monsters and orc and goblin corpses just everywhere. And it, it, the whole room is, like, splattered with viscera. And one of the options to ask him is, like, did you really kill all the people in this room? And the, the dude just, like, oh, he just kind of shrugs. Well, he only says the one thing the entire game. Enchantment? Yeah, really. Enchantment, by, uh, <laughs> as voiced by the great Yuri Lowenthal, um, for anybody keeping track of voice actors. Anyways. Is he related, yeah, that's, to, that's... Is he related to Saul Rosenthal? <laughs> oh, gosh. It hurts unmerciful. Oh, that's our first Jerky Boys reference. Yes. Saul, <laughs> 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 goddamn you. Uh, in Dragon Age 2, you find the same little fellow, and it's kind of towards the beginning this time of the game, and, but instead of there being like a whole room full of um, dead orcs and demons and stuff, there's just one giant cave troll-like creature, and it's frozen solid, and it's it's like the same thing. It's like, how the heck did you do this? And kind of shrugs, and he gives you like the item that he used to do that. Enchantment. Yeah, it was an enchantment. Let's see. There's a short one in Seinfeld. I can't pinpoint the episode, but Jerry's talking to somebody, and George just kind of comes in off the side, and Jerry just turns around, 
He's like, when did you get here? Yeah. And George just like does the I dream of genie, like hand, both hands uh, like crossing his arms, and bows his head. Yes, that's a good one. How did you get here? Bam! bam. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that one. In uh, Jurassic Park Three, uh, I'm very reminiscent to mention what? anything about this movie. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But when Sam Neill meets the kid that's been surviving on the island the whole time, the kid's like, oh, yeah, you know, if you can blah, blah, this and that. Oh, that there's a jar of uh, T-Rex urine. And Sam Neill's like, how'd you get this? His kid's like, don't ask. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Sorry. Um, I think one time, Jeff, you might have even been there. Uh, we, we went to the yes. movies and we <laughs> we might have been there, I mean. We went to the movies one time, a bunch of us, and we got there really early, uh, so we snuck in Jurassic Park 3, and it was so terrible that we just went and waited in the hallway for the other movie to start. <laughs> yep. It was either for Kill Bill? No, that would have been too late. Or, like, Once Upon a Time in Mexico or something like that. Yeah, and me, we, walked, we went in, sat down, watched 10 free minutes of movies, like, nope, rather stay in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, I was like the kid running from tree to tree, like. I, I don't know. It was ridiculous. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> that movie, he's... You don't want to know, Alex. That's kind of like at the beginning of Commando when Arnold asked Jenny what's in the sandwich. What's in this? You don't want to know. Why don't they just call him Gil George? <laughs> I love Commando. And uh, my last movie is uh, a little bit... It's, it's one of those moments, but from a different perspective. It's uh, Back to the Future 2. When there's two Marty McFlies in 1955, and uh, Billy Zane and the rest of Biff's goons are chasing uh, the Marty with a leather jacket and a stupid fedora, and he runs into like where the under Enchantment of the Sea dance is happening, and he ducks under some tables or something, and he hides, and the the other goons walk in, and they see Marty McFly on stage from the first movie. And they just go, how did he get up there so fast? Yeah. So I thought, that eh, yeah, kind of qualifies. He didn't say it wasn't easy, but, you know, it was, <laughs> kinda, the the audience knew what happened, but the, those guys didn't. I think he took his wallet. <laughs> Don't worry, Back I know CPR. Back to the Future 2 may be the best time travel movie ever. They try to cover all their bases and try to have it make sense. It doesn't. But they do their best to try to explain stuff and how there could be two people and, and paradoxes and everything. Yeah, and like traveling and... from '85 for the alternate '55 to '85 is bad, so they have to go back in time. That's all that stuff. Really good. They got to put Chernobyl into the hot tub. Chernobyl. <laughs> it's all Inception-y. It's all it Inception-y. Is but uh, uh, yeah, those are like all the examples that I could find. It was tough. Yeah, this one was tough. All right, Scott. Okay, so I was focusing on exposition. Uh, the exposition. Let's begin. The exposition. <laughs> what a show. Oi. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we just gave you a musical intro. Now go with it. Yeah. I'm, I am. Okay. So uh, we talked about Spaceballs last week. Uh, Jeff pointed this out specifically. The, the whole intro... Um, scrolls by is a spoof of Star Wars, and then Darth Helmet says, "You got that." Uh, There's a funny moment of not just breaking the fourth wall, but of also of exposition, making sure that the audience knew what was up. 
which leads into Star Wars, which starts with the, the big opening scroll as well, um, explaining to the audience what's going on. Normally, I'm I'm not a fan of the the intro big text thing or the intro big voiceover thing. Uh, it usually means that there's not enough going on in the movie to kind of tie things together. Uh, but it really works for Star Wars. It's in a way that that scrolling text at the beginning is um, as iconic as everything else uh, that goes along with the the original trilogy. Fun fact: uh, it was added after some of the first screenings. And there you go. Sometimes the the last minute stuff is the stuff that's the most memorable. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. And then uh, talking a little bit again about Scott Pilgrim versus the World, they. <laughs> They they go into the the backgrounds of each of the the X's except for Roxy, but they they kind of talk a little bit about her. But they they go back to the animated uh, flashback where Ramona explains what's up with each of them when they're really um, a cut from the from the comic books. Uh, so that's really cool, uh, a little fun bit of exposition because you have all these villains in the movie, so you need to set them up somehow. And they did a really good job of it, as opposed to just having Ramona just straight out tell the story with no no aid other than her just talking. Um, so Speaking of uh, Scott Pilgrim comic books, when am I going to get mine back, Scott? So Fellowship of the Ring. Is, yeah. Hey, wait. I, I don't like Scott Pilgrim, but my favorite part is when Scott Pilgrim fights Egg. <laughs> that's true. That was awesome. <laughs> Only because I know that that's from Arrested Development, and that was funny. Other than that... All right, go ahead, Scott. <laughs> okay. Um... Next Fellowship of the Ring. Her? Her? What? Her? Her? What is she, funny or something? For Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gandalf has a, has a great moment of exposition where after Frodo has been brought to Rivendell and he's been healed by Elrond from the, the Morgul Blade, he wakes up to see Gandalf there. Um, who has been late, and if not for, for Strider, for Aragorn, they never would have made it. Um, and he asks him where he's been, and Gandalf looks at him for a second and just says, I was delayed. And then it flashes back to what actually happened to him uh, after the, the wizard duel he has with Saruman. He gets stuck in the top of the, the tower, and it goes through uh, just a fantastic shot where it goes all the way up the tower and then all the way down again. And then back to Gandalf, and he uses the the moth to call one of the eagles. And it's the first time you you see one of the eagles in, in any of the movies. What are uh, the odds that a moth would be flying that high? Well, I think Gandalf's thing was kind of the like winged creatures. Um, yeah. It was kind of his domain, I guess. Um, Except for what are, shadow facts. What are the odds that the eagles would have saved the day? About a hundred percent. That's that's always the biggest uh, complaint. Why didn't they just get on the Eagles and take care of everything from the very beginning? There, there had to be. I, I just always kind of assumed that there was some reason why that couldn't happen, because it just dicks. seems so obvious. I think Gandalf calls on him too much. It's just like, hey, could you just drop those two guys off over at Mount Doom? <laughs> no, they're fine. <laughs> hey, all the dwarves that you're carrying and stuff, can you just take us over to where we're supposed to go? Nah, over here, three hundred miles away is good for you. Yeah, that's why. Why they drop them off there? That didn't make any sense either. Eagles are dicks. <laughs> they handle their business. <laughs> when they show up, though, they just kick ass. So I that's respect true. that. Mm-hmm. 
let's see, uh, Martin Scorsese movies, specifically Goodfellas and Casino. Uh, voiceovers used brilliantly in both those movies, especially in Goodfellas, uh, to give a lot of exposition, but it, it never feels tired or stilted or tacked on. You know, it's Ray Liotta explaining things, especially, uh, like, right to the point where, spoilers, when uh, Tommy thinks he's going to be made and he's actually, he actually gets whacked. Um, that was Ray, Ray Liotta explains the whole thing about how, um, before that, about how being made was like a license to commit crime and how he and Robert De Niro's character can never be made, and how it was just this greaseball Italian stuff with the with the mobsters, and uh, you know, just throughout the whole movie, um, Ray Liotta just kind of explaining things. And it's always fun, uh, and then Casino splits back and forth between Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro, and it's very effective at the end. We talked about this on the podcast two ago when Joe Pesci's character Nikki. Gets, uh, gets his at the end, all of a sudden his uh, exposition, his voiceover just cuts off completely because that's it for him. His, his story's over. Uh, just a very effective use of exposition there. Yeah, I was going to say, um, not from those movies, but Donnie Brasco. It's not even really, ex- it's not like over, vo- over voice, voiceover? Uh, voiceover, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, o- <laughs> the over voice. <laughs> the over voice. <laughs> Oh, hail the over voice. <laughs> yep, hold on. I gotta drink some more. I am a gigantic over voice. <laughs> over voice. <laughs> the voice over, but it's you like, me. in that movie, they kind of explain the whole, like, mobster lingo, which I don't think they ever explain in other movies. Like, he's a friend of mine versus he's a friend of ours, right? Like, so when the int- they were always uh, yeah. talking about how if you introduce someone as a friend of ours, he's made... You don't mess with them. But a friend of mine, I'm only vouching for him, so you can kind of still fuck with this guy. But don't – you'll be pissing me off, but he's not a made guy. I always liked that, how they were, that movie um, kind of goes through the motions of what it be- takes to become a, a gangster. I don't know when was the last time you guys saw Donnie Brasco, but I love that movie. Not to be confused with Donnie Darko. There's no weird-looking <laughs> rabbits in this movie. There's no time travel. <laughs> yeah. No airplanes crashing through bedrooms or anything like that. Let's see. Moving uh, along. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to segue back into these. It's not, it's not that you guys are, are cutting me off or anything, but sometimes it's hard to segue back in from stuff. Uh, uh, I just thought it was funny that you, had, you guys had no comment on what I just said, but that's awesome. There you go. No, I agree. No, I said, I said it was a good movie. Oh. So, Clue. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. I've never seen that movie. I had I, a long time I, ago. I recommend it. It's got a it's got a great cast. It's it's fun as just a a murder mystery movie. But yeah, they they go through and they they play out Clue in the movie where they figure out who did what and where. Um, but the the fun thing about the movie is that that happens about halfway through the movie, and then just you, you see a title card that says, "But what if it happened this way?" And it goes through and it changes everything around so that someone else does it. So. Again, it's just kind of playing out like the board game. Um, it's actually probably the best board game movie. <laughs> what with I, I don't know what else it has to go head to head with. Wait, I besides don't know. Battleship. Battleship. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I know there's been like a Monopoly movie in the works or whatever. Maybe a Hungry Hungry Hippo movie would be. <laughs> Man, I would like to see that. Candyland. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, Crossfire. Crossfire. You 
Somebody did that because I got a sleeping baby over here. I can't yell. I can't do the crossfire. <laughs> what a baby. <laughs> so, yeah, I clue it and it escalates until it gets to the end where everybody's taking some part in the crime. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Tim Curry, uh, Michael McKean, a uh, bunch of other people, Madeline Kahn's on it. Uh, so, yeah, I recommend it, Alex. Forget that no, shit. I almost fell. <laughs> Step with the same foot at the same time. My tits are falling off. <laughs> Alright, sorry. That's my Madeline Con for the day. <laughs> Finish this up with a couple of uh, good ones. Uh, Dipping in the TV, the, the A-team, the, more specifically the intro, just the if, if you need help, just maybe you can hire the A-team. And then it shot out the letters... Pow, 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 pow. And then went into the best theme song of any TV show ever. And and not for nothing, but that the movie is a movie. That TV show, pretty bad influence on kids. Because uh, they're, they're firing around AK-47s in every episode. Not the most accurate of weapons. And no one ever gets hit ever with the stray bullet. Not even like shrapnel. Not even like they shoot a rock or something nearby. And the pieces of the rock, you know, blind somebody temporarily. Like, the bullets <laughs> the bullets are only there to corral people and to shoot things open. Not, not a very accurate portrayal, but still a lot of fun. Um, How do you know, Scott? When was the last time you shot your AK at somebody? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> last time a deal went bad. Yeah, I'll say. Hey, Scott, we're going to give you some milk and take you on the plane, all right? I don't get on no plane. <laughs> I ain't drinking no milk. There was that stink behind him and inject him with something, knock him out. Uh, and then finally, uh, Jeff actually brought this up earlier, but uh, Bill and Ted's. One of the point, uh, bogus journey, this happens in Excellent Adventure, where they, they retcon what they did. Where they, they're like, oh, well, I went back in time and placed the, the key under the mat. Or I went back in time and placed this garbage can here so it would fall in the right spot. Um, it's it's pretty dumb, but it, it's actually fun when you watch it on screen. <laughs> Remember the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Keanu. Whoa. So, yeah. You said, that, you said Bogus Journey. That's not Bogus Journey. Or did I mishear you? They they do the time travel thing in Bogus Journey. Yeah, but all the stuff you just mentioned was from the first one. Yeah. I thought... Oh, in the second one, it was the sandbag, not the garbage can. Sorry. Yeah, it's yeah, a sandbag to form. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I thought I was thinking it was a trash can for some reason. <laughs> so, since we're probably never going to mention Bill and Ted's bogus journey ever again on this show. Station. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and according I love, to... Uh, I love station. According to a friend we have, maybe a friend, I don't know, his quote was... The Wait, Jeff, 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 is it... Yes. Is it our friend or your friend? Yeah, Ooh. it's a friend of mine. He's definitely okay. not a friend uh, of ours. Okay, so so we can fuck with him then. Yes. Okay. Ooh. He said the world just wasn't ready for Station, <laughs> and he said it in the most sincere voice ever. Oh, we were dying. It's true. Some there's only two kinds of people: the people that get Station and the people that don't. Mm-hmm. 
the world just wasn't ready for Station. <laughs> uh, Bogus Journey has probably my favorite scene out of both movies, though, when they, they're they reciting the... Uh, every cowboy has a sad, sad song. <laughs> every rose they're, they're has pearly, a thorn. They're, every, they're at the pearly gates, <laughs> trying to talk their way in. <laughs> every rose has its thorn. <laughs> and like Kevin was dressed as a farmer because they beat those people up to see him. It's, yeah. it's got like straw hat and overalls on and, and death yeah is dressed as a, as a woman at that point Great he's like I'm sorry they melvin me <laughs> they melvin me that's right get down with your bad self <laughs> what's oh man that's gonna bug me what's the song at the end that they play the we bring rock and roll to you. Yeah, bring rock like, and like roll to you. Bring rock right. and roll for I everyone. I think it was you two. <sighs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that, that'll that do it for my list. All right. So my turn. And for my list, uh, oh, wait. I want to finish. I had one idea that you brought up, Scott. As far as exposition. Exposition. <laughs> I think the best exposition scene of all time, over voice, is... Um, the other voice <laughs> is Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> when they literally are sitting in front of a chalkboard, <laughs> opening up a book and describing what the Ark is, how it was lost, what they're looking for, what the new mission is, who Abner is, and all that stuff. I don't know. That one's just like a classic example of <laughs> it. Might as well have just had like exposition written on, on the it, front as it was of, going. There's a bunch of good exposition in those movies. Like, I, I just like the the red line showing how they're traveling. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I always get a kick out of that. They kind of... I don't know if it's the first movies to ever do that, but that's the one that always gets spoofed is the Indiana Jones whenever they do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice try, Lao <Lushy. laughs> All right. From my list. And then another one that I kind of... I thought of when Alex was talking is... And it goes with The Simpsons. And... You know, a wizard did it, but the one with Xena and and Lisa's flying on her back at the end of the movie. She's like, "But Lisa, or Xena never flew." And she goes, "I told you, I'm Lucy Lawless." Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that explains everything. Yes. Must die in classic Lauren Green pose. Yeah. Best death ever. All right. So for my list, I only have a couple, a few, three things actually, and uh, mine were. I thought of a list of lines from movies that were kind of throwaway lines that just make me laugh. Kind of how that it wasn't easy. Where I don't know if it's a throwaway line, but it's not like one of the classic one-liners. It's just something that's there. And it's not like, you know, go ahead, make my day, or anything like that. It's just, I don't know, stuff from movies that made me laugh. And this is the only thing I can think of was Happy Gilmore when he's mini-putting and, he gets, and the clown keeps spitting up his uh, <laughs> golf ball. And he starts attacking and beating the shit out of the clown. You suck, you stupid clown! Every time, I have to rewind that like four times in a row. Every time I see You're going to die, clown! You're going to die, clown! You suck, you stupid clown! Uh, that, that part in the Bob Barker. Yeah, I hate that Bob Barker. <laughs> Price um, is wrong, bitch. Yeah, another one I had was we mentioned this in our Jaws episode, but just in the background you hear Quint, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> when, they're, when they're loading up the boat, I probably use that line even more than it wasn't easy. I, every time I had yeah. to say "son of a bitch," I have to say it's Quint, and it's like in the background. It's fo- the, the shots totally focused on Brody and his wife, and you just hear in the background, "Son of a bitch!" 
<laughs> that one and the only other one I have, and this is another indie movie, is from Temple of Doom. Indie at the very beginning, he's in the whatever that showroom is, and he's trying to get the diamond, and the whole chase happens, and they jump in the car, and short round drives him. Holy smoke, crash landing! And they hold on to your potatoes. <laughs> and they drive, and they get to the plane, and then Dan Aykroyd lets him on the plane. Weird cameo of all things, but it's Dan Aykroyd. What? Really? Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> nice try, Larry Shea. Yes, and he gets in the plane. <laughs> Ha ha! Nice try, Lao Shea. Kind <laughs> of waves and close the door, and it's just Lao Shea right on there. <laughs> Goodbye, Doctor Jones. <laughs> I don't know. That one gets me every single time. And that's pretty much my list uh, from oh. from indie. Uh, my favorite one was from the third movie when they're when they're walking into the the tomb in uh, Venice. And Ilsa sees the yeah. the hieroglyphs on the wall, and she asks him what it is, and he says, "Oh, that's the Ark of the Covenant." <laughs> and she asks him, "Are you sure?" And he just gets this little smirk on his face and says, "Pretty sure." Yeah, and the music kind of changes to the. <laughs> that always cracks music. me up. Yeah. Anything else? All right, what? it's time for Neem News. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so I don't have much news this week. The one thing I found today when someone sent me a link was a uh, you guys watch that show the workaholics yes i've seen some episodes so on conan o'brien they had a little skit where they were auditioning for game of thrones and it's pretty hilarious they're just you know the one guy is like he's just wearing like some you know medieval armor he's like i'm horny where's my sister <laughs> <laughs> oh she's not available well how about my mom oh no so it's pretty funny you guys check it out other thing I found recently on the internet, this is already old, but maybe it was new to me, is the How It Should Have Ended series on YouTube those guys do. Yeah. Have you guys seen those? Yeah. Those yeah, are those pretty are, hilarious. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, and what, what the hell? I just deleted something. Shit, on my notes. Control uh, <laughs> Z. I know, shit. Um, anyway, the Game of Thrones trailer is out on the internet now. It's, I think it's been out for a couple weeks, but I just saw it. That's all I'm going to say. It's kind of cool. It's got stuff. It's got I mean, Khaleesi. It's got Starks. It's got um, the other guys. I can't remember the names right now. Watch so I'm it. assuming you were looking forward to the next season anyways. Did the trailer impact your excitement at all? Are you looking forward to it more now? or? Uh, yeah. I was semi-hard after watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, yes. It was pretty awesome. It nope. wasn't that you didn't have a wiener, floppy wiener, wiener's flopping, <laughs> floppy wiener. No. And that's my news. Scott, you have anything? Um, no, no real news this week. Uh, I did want to make a recommendation, uh, and I think this is something that is going to be hit and miss with a lot of people, but I started watching Community uh, from the very beginning. Um, I'd seen a handful of episodes, and I'd always kind of enjoyed it, uh, but I'd never made a concerted effort to watch it all. And I gotta say, I, I really am enjoying it. Uh, it is very funny. It's got great cast. All I really want out of like these half-hour um, comedy shows is just to to laugh out loud a few times, and that always happens when I watch uh, these episodes of Community. So yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have watched them at all. I have not watched it. I've been watching Park. I love Parks and Rec, but I have not watched Community yet. Alex, I ain't got time for TV. <laughs> 
This is true. So, but I've I will check we, it out. I've heard good things. Of yeah, but anyways, yeah, that's just uh, my two cents. Oh, and uh, season, Archer has started up again. Third episode was Monday. Sploosh. Sploosh. <laughs> so, yeah, <Yep. laughs> so, for anybody that's already an Archer hey, fan, you're going to watch hey, Scott. it. Hey, Scott. Scott. What? <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> Lada. Lada. Uh, what? <laughs> Yeah, new new season is good, and the Sherlock show has been. I still running. need to. I need, I need to. Oh, I'll just wait for it to come out on Hulu and Netflix so I can watch it on my TV. I've been TiVoing them, but I haven't really. I haven't watched them yet. That's a commitment. Those are hour and a half long episodes. Yeah, yeah it's basically watching a movie. Alex, any news? Uh, well, speaking of recommendations, I have a recommendation to not watch Vampire Academy. I just saw a Scott damn commercial for it today. It looks like utter dog shit. Never even heard of it. Yeah. Lucky you. So what what I've seen yeah, I've Jeez. seen the the trailer for it. It's like what a cross between Harry Potter and Mean Girls and Twilight an approximation thereof. It's just from the beginning to the end of the commercial I'm just in one giant eye roll. I I don't, I don't get too upset about that stuff because I'm clearly not the intended audience for it. So. Right, but then I see Gabriel Byrne is in it, and I'm like, oh, Jeebus, you can do so much better. I don't know. He's He's been in some stinkers. He doesn't always have the best taste in uh, like movies. Like Mata? Or uh, <laughs> the Sixth Day Stinker. You mean End of, end of Stinks? Or, end of what days. End of Days. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I'm about to send you to hell. <laughs> I wish that not, was a line to that movie. Not an actual line for the movie. <laughs> oh, I wish it was. But anyways, <laughs> in uh, video game news, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard about this. It was semi-big semi, semi news, but there was like a gigantic battle in the massive multiplayer online role-playing game, EVE. Oh, yeah, I read about this. <laughs> that was supposed to be like the biggest in... The biggest like... Uh, online, you know, gaming conflict in history since it was more than 4,000 players were involved in this, like, gigantic just battle. And uh, for those who don't know, EVE Online is all about managing, like, your spaceship. Kind of, it's, it's, I don't know, I think of it kind of like Star Trek where you have to manage your spaceship and everything and you have to form alliances with other people and whatnot. But the game is played, you know, all over the world and people... There were, like, people, a lot of people from Russia and the U.S. and everything were just going at it. And reportedly, I guess it's estimated that it was, like, $500,000 in damages. Yeah, real real money. Yeah. Like, people plug a lot of real money into this game, and that that was the the final tally. I think it's, it might still be going on, but they... Yeah. Uh, and it, apparently it all started just because somebody was paying protection money. Like, there's, like, the mafia in this game. Yeah. So somebody was paying protection money to, like, not have their, whatever, their ship or area that they had their ships raided. And somebody, like, accidentally moved a decimal point over. So someone didn't get paid the right amount or didn't get paid at all. And then all hell broke loose, apparently, for these people. <laughs> uh, like, the servers couldn't handle it. They they did this cheap thing where they slowed everybody down by like ten percent so that you know the servers wouldn't crash and implode. Um, anyways, it's kind of an interesting microcosm of the internet and video games mixed together. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. Slow week. 
Yeah. Um, this is the news, but this is, you guys just reminded me when you said community is I've been watching some old reruns of Tears. Just that's how old I am. And I haven't laughed this hard in a few months now. There it's an older episode with Coach. So apparently one of his old baseball buddies dies and he goes to the funeral and like it's not a big deal, like no one else is there, so he's upset and he goes, I want to throw a, a party for him down here, people who really knew him. And the whole time Sam's like, nah, 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 but he does it anyway. And then Sam ends up telling Diane that the guy was actually a jerk and he actually tried to cheat with Coach's wife when Coach was out of town or something like that. And Coach actually, you know, he's eavesdropping and he hears this. So he's all upset. He's all mad. But even though the party's happening, so he's going to say a bunch of bad stuff. And he ends up, you know, being the better man. He doesn't do it. But at the end of the um, thing, all the other guys start telling stories about how this guy cheated with me and my wife. And he, so the guy was a total asshole. And they all start coming to their senses that this guy was a jerk. And why are we, <laughs> why are we celebrating him? And they had this cardboard cutout of him there the whole time. Oh, let's go. Let's go destroy. Let's go do this. And somebody goes, yeah, let's go hang his cardboard cutout in effigy. And, and Coach goes, to hell with that. Let's hang him right here in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I was, I, oh, God. I was, tears were coming down my eyes. Yeah. I don't, what's sad is I'm, I remember watching this when I was, like, really little. Like, it was the first show I kind of have memories of my mom watching and me being in the living room and just kind of not really watching it, but it being on. And they were just old people talking. And then the episode I saw was like, <laughs> Norm was, you know, turning 36 or whatever. I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> and like, yeah, like, oh, Shelly Long's not looking too bad and <laughs> everything. It was like, oh. There, there was some episode where there was like a blizzard and Norm walks in and someone says, oh, is Jack Frost in your nose? And he says, no, but I, how about getting some Jack Daniels dipping at my liver? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his one-liners as he's walking to the bar always... Right. Always awesome. All right, so um, I think that wraps up this week. Um, Scott, what are we going to be talking about next week? Okay, so we're looking at mall rats, um, specifically a, a joke that that starts towards the beginning of the movie and plays itself out through at different points. The back of uh, the Volkswagen. <laughs> the, Escalator. <laughs> nope. Oh, that is one of my favorite lines. But the. William looking at the magic eye puzzle. <laughs> the, the eventual resolution thereof um, with the little kid that, that tells him what the, the magic eye is. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that scene next week and, uh, and the rest of the movie. Just kind of a general category this week. Just hilarious jokes that, that kind of pay off throughout an entire movie. Sounds good. You can just do a bunch of Kevin Smith movies with that one. He does that a lot in his movies. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before we sign off, just want to remind everybody about our Facebook and Twitter pages. So Twitter, Hans Shot First, and Facebook, Hans Shot First, but one ST at the end. Um, please like us. Please follow us. Let us know what you think. Any please recommend, like us. Uh, let us please. know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, um, if we should get rid of Alex. Please, right. listeners, say our names. Yes, and uh, yeah, next week will be just me and Scott. Um, <laughs> Come on. Thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> you guys are
friend of ours, Adam, was just telling me they were up visiting San Diego, and he was with his daughter, and they're not San Diego, San Francisco, and they're going around, and all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, we're gonna go to Chinatown," and she goes, "Daddy, I can't go to Chinatown. I have green eyes." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's adorable. It, it oh, is man. adorable. I hope, I hope that brought a tear to his eye. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did because he mentioned what's, it as soon what's as the he... point? What's the point of being a parent if you can't indoctrinate your, chil- your children into all this pop culture, all these movies? Yes. 